Hi, and welcome back. This is your host, Dr. LD. Welcome to Common Sense Leadership, practical wisdom for leadership and life. for just the right piece of advice or just the right bit of guidance to catapult your career or your business to that next level, well, you're welcome. Common Sense Leadership is here to do just that. I'm your host, Dr. L.D. Bennett, and I'm excited to be back with you for episode number two, Common Sense Leadership. number two, this is our inaugural podcast, and we're probably going to do about 12 episodes, uh, two per week, Monday and Wednesday, that's when you can find those episodes out here, Uh, but we're excited about the opportunity to come to you and to share some practical wisdom, some advice, uh, some tips that can help you that are from lived experiences, not just the research, not something... Uh, that someone read or someone wrote, but real life experiences, lived experiences that can help you uh, no matter where you are and what station in life you're at. just want to say that in episode number one, we laid the groundwork for common sense leadership. And and what we did was we talked to you about self-actualization and how you distinguish yourself from others and how you see yourself. And it's important to really crystallize how you see yourself currently. Because that is the way in which we are able to then move you uh, through a journey, a a journey of transformation and how you look at uh, various things that are going on around you and how you are impacting uh, your environment. And so we'll talk about a lot of those things. So let's, let's pick up where we left off from the first episode. And let's do a quick recap. You know what we talked about? We talked about differentiators and why those were so important. And when we looked at differentiators, what we did was we looked at them, we looked at our differentiator, and we wanted to look at that uh, as, as the backdrop for some of the work that we'll be doing together. That differentiator was really that anchor that allows you to, to think more, more clearly and more deeply about self-actualization. Not just what job do I currently have, what's my current title, but who am I? Who am I at the end of the day? Who am I at the beginning of the day? Who am I during the course of my day? When things aren't going just right, how am I showing up? And, and self-actualization is a huge part of that. And remember, just another recap point from episode one, we talked about the OPP. Does anyone remember what we talked about? Not the Naughty by, Na- Naughty by Nature song, but we talked about OPP being those, those three elements that we're gonna start. Our orbit will be around those three elements. Observe, process, and pivot. Observe, process, and pivot. I'll say those again. Observe, 
process and pivot. And when we think about that acronym, we really flipped the script on, on the OPP and we made this more about, about you. And, and remember we talked about if you ask the question, hey LD, that sounds good for you, but, but, but so what? So what is, you know, we talked about that being a little bit on the skeptical side. And I don't want you to be skeptical. I want you to be, remember, one of my differentiators, optimistically realistic. I'm an optimistic realist. And so when we think about not just so what, but now what, now what for me, and, and all of this, guys, is, is within the backdrop, with the backdrop, rather, of COVID-19 and the uncertainty of what's happening around us. But the one thing I, I said to someone, I was on a, a video conference uh, last Sunday, and one of the things I said on that call, these were college students from my church, and, and uh, there's a big celebration for them, and it could not, it, it couldn't be in person, so we did it via Zoom. And, and someone, one of the parents wrote in the text or the, the chat, what advice would you give to students that are going back to school physically? They're going back. And what advice would you give them with all of the things that are going on around us and, and all of the things that are happening on campuses and this, that, and the other? What would you suggest? And I, you know, I was one of the first people to respond because I said this, and I'll share it with you and I share it with everyone, is this you cannot control everything and you cannot control what's going on in the environment you can't control what's going on in terms of transmissions or whether they have found a vaccine that will work and whether if they say it works will it really really work we don't know yet those are things we cannot control what i said to the parents and what i said to those young people and i will say this to you control what you can control wear your mask do all the safety precautions that you you, you need to do if you are not comfortable going into a, you know, a crowded dining hall or something like that, wait a little bit, go earlier or go later. But you cannot stop living. You cannot stay in your house forever and have all your groceries delivered and never see the light of day. You cannot. Life goes on. We are a strong people. We persevere. And I'm encouraging you to do that. As we are in these stay at home, shelter at home, working from home, and several other things that are happening are people working on hybrid schedules. Some people are going to work and some people are still working from home. Some people are splitting time, working part-time at home and part-time in the office. I would say this to you. This is the perfect opportunity for you to try something new. Perfect opportunity for you to work on you. I'm not trying to change everything. I'm trying to change the things that I can change. And I do that incrementally because change, as Peter Drucker says, real change takes about seven years. And so when we think about that and we think about uh, what challenges we face, I remember I'm an optimistic realist. I flipped the script. What opportunities. What a great time to be alive. Yeah, we've got some things we, we, we're doing differently. But this is a fabulous time to be alive. And, and if you are courageous and if you are, if you are motivated to really change things in your career and to really change things in your business, you, many of you listening to me may, may be entrepreneurs. And I have, I celebrated 18 years as an entrepreneur back in March. And one of the things that has been, 
think one of the anchors for me in being in business this long, and, and my business is doing extremely well, better now in the midst of COVID-19 than I have ever experienced. But the thing about that is I became more open. I'm like, oh, okay, oh, let's try that. Let's do that. Let's try something new. Let's try something different. And so I want you to think in this episode, we're going to talk about more about you and more about how we are perceiving the things around us and, and, and are, are, we, are, we, are we experiencing the things around us in a realistic way. And so I'm going to share a little bit more of my story, uh, my personal journey with you this, this episode, something I, I didn't do in the first episode, but I'm going to do it in this one. And I want to share a little bit more with you around, you know, how did I get to this place and how did I, you know, just a regular sister from the South. Uh, I'm a, I, I tell folks I am a proud country girl. I love being a Southern girl. I'm a Southerner. And so I'll, I'll share a lot of the things around my story uh, when I come back uh, from just a, a quick break. I'm going to I'm gonna take a, like a 20-second break, and I'll be right back to share more of my story. Hang in there with me. Guys, I'm telling you, that is some really serious music, right? I like it. Okay, so let me let me share this. And, and um, um, I had someone ask me, how did you get to where you are right now? How, how did you get to the place where you're doing what you really and truly enjoy? And there's a quote that I'm sure many of you have heard. If you do what you love, you will never work a day in your life. Well, true. I am loving it, and I, and I love what I'm doing, and, and this project, the Common Sense Leadership podcast and blog, and the blog is coming soon. That's where I've always, I've always wanted to be. In the last three to, three to five years, I've been thinking about it, and in three years, I really got serious about it. I'm, I'm pretty meticulous about making sure that I have, my, have things lined up properly, and so that's, that's for that part uh, of my life. But I want to just share a little bit about uh, something I said in the first episode. In the first episode, I said, I knew in undergraduate school where I wanted to be. And I imagined where I would be when I was an undergrad. And so, to be honest with you, I, knew, I, I saw this life, this, this life, life where I am right now. I saw it, and I didn't see it in, uh, at the level that it is right now because it, my life totally blows my mind in terms of how blessed I am, and, and, and that is truly it. I am very, very blessed, and, and I, I love my life, and I love what I'm doing, but it was not always that way. When I was an undergraduate, I, I was just, you know, nose to the grindstone, really wanted to make the dean's list every year, and, and you know how you do that. But the thing I, I always knew was that was just a part of my journey. You know, you do the undergrad thing, and I went to graduate school, and then I went, and I started working, and every, every job, and I've always had great jobs, really great jobs, worked at every level of public service, state, local, and federal service. And I really, really enjoyed my time in federal service. I spent roughly 14, 13, 14 years in 
I was at uh, the U.S. Department of Commerce, the Census Bureau, and I gained great and lasting friendships there at the, the Census Bureau, people that I still consider friends to this day. But it was, it was an opportunity for me to spread my wings and to really, really grow into the person that I am today. I'm very grateful for the people that, that came across my path, but also into my life when I was in federal service. And, you know, as you're doing things and you're going through jobs and, you know, the challenges with that, you know, the imprudent spending, yuck, yuck, you know, buying cars. I loved, I loved vehicles. And I bought cars on shit in there, you know, just that whole lot of stuff that, uh, that I've learned, learned from uh, today. I, I do things very differently. But there are a couple of things that happened to me when I was in federal service. And uh, I worked for a guy that styles are very different. And many of you are on a job where you have one style and boss and manager has another style. And, and this guy, uh, I'll never forget him. He's like a big brother to me now, Marvin Reigns. Uh, he was the associate director, uh, the associate director for field operations. And um, I was in the region. When uh, another good friend, who was the acting director at that time, uh, Tim Holmes, uh, he said, hey, you need to, to come to headquarters and do X, Y, and Z and work with, with Marvin as his special assistant. Well, I, I did, and, and Marvin's style and my style, those styles were very different. And so as, as, as a person that is growing into their, their, their career and really growing into their skill sets and growing into their power, really, you have to be flexible, and that's what I was. I, I, you know, at first I was like, okay, this is not working out. He was, he was more, he was more, um, more specific. He, he liked, uh, he, he liked his text written out. He, he read text uh, verbatim. I was the kind of person that give me an outline and I'm good to go. Well. That was one of the things that, you know, he, he, this was his first time at Census, and he wanted to be very, very sure, very, very careful about what he said and things, which I understood, because we, we were big before Congress, and, and this, that, and other, so you want you to be very careful. But what we ended up doing, I talked to one of my friends, and that's why, and I'll talk later in another episode about teams, who's on your team. But one of the things that, that worked out well for me was the fact that um, he and I talked. My, my, one of my girlfriends said, you talk to everybody else, and you're not talking to your boss. He's a good guy. Talk to him. And so I, I did. I went in and I said, look, man, we need to talk. Uh, this, is, this is so not working out for me. I'm not feeling this. And he said, well, tell me, what is it going to take? I'll never forget this conversation. He said, tell me what it's going to take for you to do your best work. We had that conversation. I didn't need much. Okay, yeah, kind of stuff, you know. I didn't need much, but but that that meeting of the minds was so important. Understanding each other's communication styles was important. Understanding the expectations were important. I can remember saying to him, uh, he says, well, how do you want to be? I said, dude, I am totally unmanageable. <laughs> I don't know if that's something you want to say to your new boss. But I said to him, I'm totally unmanageable. 
not unmanageable, not unmanageable in, with the respect of being uh, belligerent or anything like that, but unmanageable in terms of being very, I'm structured but not structured, if that makes sense. I like structure, but then I like I like structure as an anchor. But then I like to work on the periphery. I like to I like to try new things. I like to be more creative and more innovative around a topic, around a subject. When he and I had that conversation, it opened up just a totally different chapter for our relationship. We became an unstoppable team. We were a fabulous team. And like I said, to this day, he is more like a big brother to me uh, than the fact that he was my boss. And I can remember one afternoon, I went into his office and, and, and he was looking kind of solemn and stuff. And I was like, oh, what's up? And he said, we had a new director at that time, Dr. Ken Pruitt. And he said, uh, Dr. Pruitt wants you to be his special assistant. And I'm gonna lose you. And I'm like, no. Let me go talk to Ken. So I go marching down the hallway. I get into Ken's office, I knock on the door and I say, uh, can we talk? And he said, yeah, yeah, come on in. He was getting ready for a banquet. He's putting on his bow tie and everything. And, and as we were talking, uh, he said, I really want you to work with me uh, as my special assistant. And I said, well, I'm working with Marvin and I would very much like to continue doing that. And he said, well, what do you propose? I, I You know, there are some people that, that when you open up the door for conversation, opportunities also open. Don't think that because it's always been this way, that it always has to be this way. Put something out there. Don't just complain about, oh, I'm not doing this, I'm not getting this, I'm not feeling this. Put something out there. Think about it, flesh it out. Look at the inside, the outside, the upside, and the downside. And when Ken turned to me and he said, LD, I want you as my special assistant. You're doing great work, phenomenal work. Everybody on the Hill knows you, they respect you. I want you on my team. And I said, well, let me propose this to you. I'd like to be both of your special assistants. And he said, can you do that? Uh, yeah, I can. I, I was probably one of a handful of people who has ever held a dual-hatted role uh, at the U.S. Department of Commerce, U.S. Census Bureau. I was special assistant to the director of the U.S. Census Bureau, and I was special assistant to the associate director for field operations. And for those of you that know the whole federal um, rating system, I was a DS-15 step forward, headed into the SES program, and then my parents got sick. That's another story. But what I shared that story to share, the, to share this point with you. As you are looking at what you want and where you want to be, have you thought about what that looks like? It's one thing to sit on the sidelines and say, oh, why is everybody, you know, the old uh, blues thing, oh, why is everybody always picking on me? No, no, no. Have you thought this out? Have you shared it? Have you written it out and looked at it? Have you studied your organization or your business or where your business is and said, if I do this, if I propose this, it is going to cause a pressure point somewhere else in the organization. Or, if I do this, it will relieve a pressure point for another division, another department, or even another uh, like-minded business that I'm working with. That's what I want you to think about during this session. I shared my story, but I want you to think about this. 
Have you had a conversation with your boss? Have you written out the questions? Don't just go in, oh, you know, I just want to ask you something. What do you think I'm doing well? No, no. Talk about where you see yourself. Craft your vision. That's the word for the, for the day. Vision. Do you see where you want to be? I want you to have some really solid questions around your vision. And in order to do that, you have to study your organization. Look at, am I, does my vision address a critical business need? Not just because I, I, I think I need to be promoted. How does my promotion, especially in this time of, of frozen positions and, you know, we, we lock down hiring and everybody just kind of stays in place. We are, you know, we're stationary. We're marching in place because no one really knows what their bottom line is going to look like at the end of the year. So people are kind of standing pat. <clears throat> I understand that. So therefore, you need to, when you remember vision is the word of the day. When you think about your vision for where you want to be in your organization, I want you to look at your organization, not just your division, not just your department, not just your manager. Look at the organization. Step back. You may even want to schedule a couple of conversations with others to get their perspective. Not necessarily to share your full vision, but to get some perspective. You could talk to some people. There are people in your organizations that have been there for quite a while, and, and they know they have some institutional knowledge that you need to access and be privy to. What I want you to do this after this episode is I want you to think about what your vision is. I told you that when I was in undergraduate school, I saw myself in this position. I saw myself doing now what I'm doing. I, I didn't, I, I must admit, I did not see it to this level of detail. I did not see it to this level of joy. I, I didn't. But what I did see, I did see that I was an entrepreneur. Always wanted to be one, you know, when I started my business. Uh, it, it, you know, I, I started it uh, in the midst of, an, of a recession, actually. And uh, I was looking at the data, and the data from the Small Business Administration says that if any business it will survive, one of the biggest indicators is whether that business is still in business after two to three years. It has been a, a challenge. The earlier years were major challenges. And, and I'm sharing this because some of you are saying, oh, I'm in the midst of COVID-19 and uh, I'm already working from home and I'm like, I'm, I'm doing really well. And so maybe I'll just start my own business. Okay, starting your own business, being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. And you also have to look around and see what other obligations and what, who else is depending upon you for that salary, for those medical benefits, health care, and for other things. And, and, and so from that standpoint, you really do have to think about uh, who else is in your orbit that you need to, to consider. I, I, I've, uh, when I started my business, it was just me, and, and uh, I still don't have anyone else that is depending upon me. I don't have anybody else that, you know, that says, oh, if you don't go to work, I won't have, if you're not staying with your company, I won't have health care, our children can't do this, our kids can't go to college. No. It's easier, I believe, uh, to start a business when you are uh, 
you know, the head of household and, and no dependents. I, I just think that's a little bit easier. You can take chances and you can take some, some calculated risks when it's just you. So if you're thinking about uh, starting your own business, what I would suggest is that you continue listening to Common Sense Leadership. I will be sharing some things as we go forward, uh, some of my challenges when I started my business. And, you know, it has not all been peaches and cream and a bed of roses. There have been some thorns and there have been some empty cans that we had to kick down the road. So what I'd like for you to do is just really hang in there with me and you'll hear some things that I, I said will be able to help you. Remember, practical wisdom leadership and life. I'll come right back in about 10 seconds and we'll wrap this up and we'll talk about uh, what your call to action for this episode is. Hey, I'm back. So when we think about vision, that's our that's our call to action for the week. Is uh, is when we think about vision. Uh, actually, for this episode, when we think about vision, I, I want you to think about what you're thinking about with your career and also with your your life. What are you thinking about? And uh, the way vision is defined, it's. Uh, it's an act of seeing, obviously, but it is also a, a special sense of understanding and seeing things and seeing something uh, in the future. A thought, a concept, or an object formed by your imagination. The act or the power of imagination. How do we see our lives. How do we see where we are? What I want you to think about this week, now remember episode one, I had you to, to write down what your differentiator was. Why did we have you do that? We had you to do that because we wanted you to begin getting a sense of self-actualization. That's kind of your anchor. That's what separates you. That differentiator separates you from other people. Now I want you to put that to the side and now I want you to think about your vision. Where do you see yourself? That vision. Where do you see your life in the next three years or five years? And you can determine uh, what you determine, what timeline you want to use. Uh, I had a, uh, a client, I, I'm also an executive coach, and, and one of my clients said to me, I'm looking at three years from now, my kids will be out of college so I can look at this more realistically. Whatever your timeline is, you do that. What I want you to think about and jot this down and be ready for our next episode is what is your vision for your life, your career, and your business. Think about that, and I want to thank you so much for sharing with us uh, in this, the second episode of Common Sense Leadership. Practical wisdom for leadership and life. I have been your host, Dr. LD. It's been my pleasure to share with you today, thinking about vision and sharing with you a little bit about my story and how I got to where I am today and how we can use some of the lessons that I've learned, those lived experiences to help you create the life that you deserve and the life that you want. I want you to enjoy the rest of your week and thank you so much for sharing. Join us on Apple Podcast and Google Play. Tell somebody else about us. Common Sense Leadership.
practical wisdom for leadership and life. Have a great, great week.